Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 20th of July. The latest COVID outbreak has claimed a fifth life in Sydney with a 57-year-old woman, the latest victim. The woman was found dead in her home in Green Valley in the city's southwest during a police welfare check yesterday afternoon. New South Wales Health has confirmed the woman was COVID positive and was the mother of twin removalists who were charged with breaching the public health order after travelling to the centre west of New South Wales. Yesterday, there were 98 cases of COVID recorded with 82 people currently in hospital being treated for COVID with 24 in intensive care. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says we won't see results of the harder lockdown for another four or five days. This Delta strain of the virus makes you more likely to be transmissible or to be contagious or to spread it. We're just seeing so many examples of entire households getting the virus because they've unintentionally or or by mistake, unfortunately, spread the virus. And we we really want to see that stop. Victoria's snap lockdown has been extended with Premier Daniel Andrews saying he doesn't know when it will end. The state recorded 13 new cases of COVID yesterday. All were linked to a known case or cluster. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett has told the project she's hopeful the completion of testing relating to Victoria's largest exposure sites will start to paint a clearer picture of when the lockdown may end. If we have got this contained and we feel it's not going to see any more exposure sites, we're now coming into that lockdown window where even if people were infectious without knowing it, they, they're unlikely to have passed it on. They'll assess all of that. So I'm hoping it'll be five another five days or to the end of the week. Then with a call then, if, if something comes up in the process that tells them there's wider transmission, that might have to be reviewed. Meantime, South Australia is waking up to tough new Level 4 restrictions this morning as the state races to stop the spread of three locally acquired COVID cases. A large number of exposure sites have been identified as health authorities attempt to control the spread. And we'll have more from our reporter shortly in Adelaide. Overseas now and Freedom Day might not be as free as first thought, with new restrictions set to be placed on nightclubs and other major venues. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says patrons will soon need to provide proof of full vaccination. By the end of September, when all over 18s will have had their chance to be double jabbed, we're planning to make full vaccination the condition of entry to nightclubs and other venues where large crowds gather. Proof of a negative test will no longer be enough. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. We begin in South Australia this morning and tough new restrictions are now in force with a cluster of COVID-19 cases emerging in the city's northeast. The man had recently returned from hotel quarantine and tested positive for COVID. Two of his close contacts, including his daughter, have also contracted the virus. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, has the latest from Adelaide. Yes, other states have entered lockdowns and the like. South Australians have been pretty lucky up till now. 
Now, but as it stands, the state is on a bit of a knife edge after an 81-year-old man tested positive for coronavirus early yesterday. He was rushed to Modbury Hospital in Adelaide's northeast. His daughter, another close male relative in their 50s, have now also been confirmed as having COVID. 16 more close contacts have been quarantined. 82 staff and patients at Modbury will spend a fortnight in a Medi Hotel. Chief Health Officer Nicholas Spurrier believes there are more people out there who need to be isolating. But what we do not have yet is all of the people that both she and her father have come across over the last week and could potentially be infected. So currently 10 exposure sites or so, including an optometrist in a bank. That number should grow though. And as you expect, authorities have acted swiftly, bringing in a number of new restrictions, including capping private gatherings at 10, uh, capacity limits in pubs and clubs, churches. Uh, they've been reduced. Non-essential retail closes at least until Friday. Now, by then, we should have some more information about whether or not SA has a full-blown outbreak on its hands. It's our first serious coronavirus development in around eight months since a COVID scare linked to a pizza bar. In WA now, and officials are closely monitoring the crew of a cargo ship as more than half have tested positive for COVID. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Tash, eight members of the BBC California were tested yesterday. They all returned positive results. The vessel remains docked at Fremantle Port after leaving Indonesia last week. The WA Health Department says it'll stay there while the crew are being monitored. Rapid testing is underway on the remaining six crew members but they're not showing any COVID symptoms at this stage. The Premier says none of them will be coming off the ship unless they require hospital treatment. Now, for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large for CanStar. Effie, good morning. The big banks are throwing more lifelines to small businesses. Yeah, they are. And it's rolling out virtually every day something new. And, and one of the main reasons around that is that the Australian Prudential Regulator Authority, APRA, is actually helping the banks to do so. Now, typically, task banks are required to hold more capital against loans that are past due or in arrears, so to speak. But in this case, APRA has, in a sense, waived that requirement. And it was off the back of that, I suspect that uh, the reason why the Commonwealth Bank was quick to jump in and offer its customers, affected by restrictions, home loan deferrals of two months. But do your sums here. I mean, on a half a million dollar mortgage, it would mean an extra $2,000 per month back in your pocket. But of course, if you don't increase your repayments later to catch up, you will pay extra interest in the long run. Um, the good news is that bank has also extended the moratorium on any foreclosures. So if you can't pay your home loan, you're safe. You won't get kicked out, they say, until February 2022. And Westpac has also rolled out uh, fee-free overdrafts of up to 15000 And they tell me that they've received 45% more calls from consumer customers and 35% more calls from business customers asking for help compared to the pre-lockdown period, Tash. Yeah, a lot of people doing it very tough at the moment, Effie. So what can Aussies apply for and what impact has COVID had on our credit score? Yeah, look, this is interesting because I, I reach out to the credit agencies, Equifax, and also experience to see what's happening with our credit score. So that's that number that you get depending on who you go through. It's a score of either 1,000 or 1,200. It reflects, I guess, how credit worthy you are. Now, according to Equifax, buy now, pay later applications, they are right up 13.5% versus the June quarter. And no surprise here, mortgage applications are also uh, hugely up 33.4% compared to the June quarter. 
What was interesting around the credit scores, though, is that it's actually been seeing an upward trend. You would have thought maybe our report cards are going down with all the COVID havoc playing on our finances, but actually it has been trending upwards. Now, a lot of that comes down to the effectiveness of the hardship programs that banks have put in place, because if you formalise it, then you don't get a marking on your credit score. Um, and I guess the, the main tip here is, is that you do protect your credit score. Typically, if your bill is greater than $150 and you're late with it over 60 days, it will be marked as a default and it stays on your credit file for five years. Gosh, didn't know that. Effie, as always, great tips. Thanks so much. Thanks. <laughs> For Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the AFL has shaken up fixtures this weekend with star players in isolation. Yes, good morning, Tasha. The Bulldogs and D's top of the table blockbuster. We'll get to see that a week early instead of next weekend in round 20. It'll be played this Saturday night in round 19. But to one player we'll be watching from home, that is Josh Dunkley. He's in isolation after visiting a cafe last week, later classified as a Tier 1 site. Club chief Amit Baines is confident that he won't lose any fitness. He's in good spirits, though. Adir, he's got a, uh, a very well set up uh, home gym and pool and, and other things. So um, from that perspective, at least, you know, he, he's well positioned. The Q clash between the Lions and Suns has also been brought forward by a week, along with the Crows and Hawks match, while the Cats request to host the Tigers in Geelong. That's been knocked back. Sunday's match will instead be at the MCG. Tigers senior advisor Neil Baum says that that's a win for them. We'd probably prefer to play them in Melbourne than at Geelong. It's got to be some advantage to them. But I think rather than... Not playing at all. I think we'd play anywhere. And Tiger superstar Dustin Martin will spend another couple of days at least in a Gold Coast hospital with that nasty kidney injury. Yeah, hope he's okay. To the NRL now, Brett, and the Bulldogs signing spree continues as they target an unwanted Broncos enforcer. Yeah, widespread uh, reports this morning that Tevita Pangai Jr. is preparing to make a move from Brisbane to the Bulldogs. He'll uh, reportedly join Canterbury on a three-year deal worth around $2.2 million. He still had a year to go on his contract at the Broncos, but he will get a release from that. At the West Tigers, they, of course, beat the Broncos on the weekend, and uh, their coach, Michael Maguire, believes that uh, time away in a Queensland hub is good for his side. They now sit just one win outside the top eight. Mate, to be honest, it's actually been good for us you know, to get the together and I think the players themselves have really taken it you know, upon themselves to get closer and build the bonds. We're locked away. And Lachlan Lewis, the Bulldogs playmaker, copped a $1,600 fine for that brain snap when he threw Cody Walker to the ground on the weekend. And Brett, the controversy continues in Tokyo. The Olympic Village has now been hit with another COVID scare. Yeah, we've got 58 cases uh, linked to the Tokyo Olympics. Now we've got four of those in the village itself where we have thousands of athletes in a biosecure bubble or supposedly one. Uh, this is a Czech beach volleyball player, is the fourth test, third inside the village. And we're days out from the start of the opening ceremony. Uh, Toyota, the major sponsor, says they won't have any representatives at the opening ceremony. So a uh, lot of controversy and the games haven't even started yet, Tash. Interesting to see what happens. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Prince Harry has announced he's writing a tell-all book sharing the adventures, losses and life lessons that have helped shape him. Due to hit the shelves next year, the Duke of Sussex says he's writing this not as the prince I was born, but as the man I have become. Proceeds from the memoir will be donated to charity. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio – 
by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Stay safe, have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.